crazy. I didn't even I didn't even know that that's how it started and that exactly that's when you started it. And that's a perfect example. Like that that happened and you had you had a line in the sand. All right, now mm -hmm. you know you just saw who exactly you were at that point, and you it was up to you to make the decision. Am I gonna a fucking do something about it and you and weaponize this, take this suffering, this craziness, and turn it into a superpower, or mm -hmm. am I gonna just make excuses? and continue on this path of bullshit and and nonsense and covering up who i really am what is up everybody welcome back to another show of determined society i have with me another amazing guest he is a husband a father a united states marine entrepreneur personal discipline and development peak performance coach. Steve has been married for 10 years to his wife, Ava, and together they have an 11-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. They run several businesses from home while doing homeschool. Everybody, I want you to welcome, a big, big welcome to my boy, Steve Acker, to the show. What's up, buddy? What's up, brother? I'm looking forward to this. Love all your stuff, and I'm, Thank I, you. I just think types of conversations that you're having with other men usually are not just not having, happening often enough, so looking forward to it. No, man, I think that's one of the things that uh, really kind of drew us together just now that you mentioned it is the types of conversation having with men. I, I, there's too much, there's too many men right now that are going along and pushing shit down and acting like they're okay and not speaking about certain things, nor are they trying to get better. I mean, I don't know what you've seen out there, but to me, when I, when I see men, I see people hiding shit and, and I don't ever feel that's a good way to be. Yeah, we in in one of our programs, the project we call it suffering in silence. It's and it's what men do all all the way. They think that they don't need help, but they also can't show weakness. They can't show vulnerability. They can't show emotion. And yeah, a man definitely should be able to control all that shit and not go overboard and have to go show their feminine side and tap into mm -hmm. their femininity like they're told they need to do. But it also doesn't mean you just suffer in silence because that's also being just as I think as big of a a bitch when you're just covering it all up and and just being building up resentment and really not being who they're supposed to be who they're meant to be I mean, I, I really like that when you when you talk about suffering in silence um i think a lot of men do that and and i think it's a bitch move as well man i don't think it's a strong point um there's a lot of people in my life that i've that i've spoken to well i don't i don't have emotions like things don't bother me I'm like dude you're you when you're 45 you're gonna flip the fuck out like you're gonna lose your mind and you're gonna lose everybody in it because you've never dealt with anything that you're feeling um, you know, so for me, like, I agree with you. I think there's a way to bring out your feelings and the things that you feel vulnerable about in a very masculine way, just by communicating. You don't need to shout. You don't need to yell. You don't need to scream. And you surely don't need to be a bitch about it. But the fact of the matter is talking with other men and saying, hey, here's where I'm at. And then, you know, reaching out that hand for help, I think is a big thing, man. And it's not, it's not happening enough. Because they make, they think it makes them look weak. They think it makes them look like a little bitch, but mm. not asking for help. They're afraid to ask for help. They're afraid. They, they don't also don't think they need to do something about it. Like the shit you see on the internet, 90% <laughs> of it. Like I've seen some shit on the internet and then run into these people in real life. And it is not what you see on the fucking internet there. It's a, it's just a show. Most of what's on there on Instagram. It's like a, it's a show. You're seeing a snapshot of like two seconds of, a one day part of a day that was good and the rest of the day is just pure shit or the rest of the life is shit and it's all just a lot of it's just bullshit that's the one thing about you know the the social media um world that bothers me a lot steve is the fact that 
you're portraying yourself one way and then you're a completely different person in real life. And it's funny because like I always pride myself in this. I will never put out a podcast that doesn't fall in line with brand. And if I don't feel like I'm putting my best foot forward, um, not now, not all my episodes are the greatest ones. Like some of them are better than the others. That's just natural interview, right? Like it happens. But for me, like I'll never put out an inner, like a, like a, a video or anything like that where I'm not feeling it. I don't fake shit. And like, you will see, and I know you're the type of person too. Like if I see you in person, you're going to get the same energy from me that you're going to get right now. You're going to look at me on Instagram. Or if you knock on my front door and announce, you're going to get the same. I'm authentic. It's who I am. And I can't be anything else. I won't. I refuse. Yeah. There's definitely not enough of that going on. Not not enough. Whatever you want to call it. Real men, masculinity, however you want to word it. Definitely not enough of of that shit going on. Let me ask you a question, man, because you talked about, um, you know, thinking they don't know or they feel like they don't need to do anything about it to fix it. I have a I have a follow up question to that. Do you think it's that or do you think it's a lot of they're afraid to look and stare at what they need to fix because it may break them? Yeah, that's a that's a a great point. They want to kind of avoid the truth. Like in that movie, I forget what movie it was with. Uh, what the hell is that movie with Jack Nicholson? He says, you can't handle the truth. A few good men. <laughs> that was a few good men. A few good men. Yeah. He says, you can't handle the truth. Cause yeah, yeah most, a lot of those motherfuckers probably can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. I think that once to all the lockdowns and the Corona and all that happened, I think that really exposed a lot of it all. That was like the line in the sand for most people. Mm-hmm. Like it's either going to elevate them and re- it showed them who they really were one way or the other. It really showed them on one side of the spectrum, who they were. And a lot of them didn't like the truth when they had to sit at home alone for, days and months and it ended up being years you really found mm-hmm. out who the fuck you really were and some people found out who they were in, in a good way and in a bad way and some people found out what they were really capable of about taking things to the next level i know some people who started multi-million dollar businesses while locked up at home and other people who sat there and got fat and out of shape and made every excuse in the world and it showed you it shined so much light on actually who you were so yeah i think a lot of them were are afraid to find out when they and then when they do see it they're they're freaking shocked and then they'll make excuses for it Brother, that's that's always a touchy subject, right? Uh, depending on who you're talking to, as far as COVID and the lockdown and things like that. Um, for me, you know, granted, I mean, you know, we lost people. It, you know, it, it sucked. Um, but for the most part, for me, it was the biggest blessing. It was the great. And everybody talks about the great reset, or to, to me, I call it the great pause. You know, I was not in the best shape. I was way out of shape. I'm still not in the shape that I need to be in. But the fact of the matter is I built this podcast. I built this show. I built this personal brand during COVID. Fuck yeah. And, and brother, let me tell you something, man. I don't give myself enough credit. And I'm sure you're a lot like me in this area is I started my first episode was in this office and it was a mess. Didn't have a sign. I recorded on my phone, just talking into it like this. And then I would do it in my, I had a VW Atlas at the time. I would go to the gym and I would get my brain working and then I'd record an episode in my vehicle. And that's how the podcast started. You know, now we're, you know, in, you know, we've got a sign we've top, you know, 5% and globally, we just, I just monetized by the way, um, oh, yeah, awesome. first sponsor and, and, and a big five figure upfront check for, nice. you know, and, 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 but here's the thing I say that not to, you know, toot my horn to these, these, these listeners and people are watching this show is, but it's just to say, it's just, just support your point. 
you find out what the fuck you're made of, man. And you either, you either propel forward, you get in better shape, you build a business, you do something you're passionate about, or you sit there in your own pool of piss, you get fat, you destroy relationships, so on and so forth. That's crazy. I didn't even, I didn't even know that that's how it started. And they, exactly that's when you started. And that's a perfect example. Like that, that happened and you had, you had a line in the sand. All right. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you just saw who exactly you were at that point and you, it was up to you to make the decision. Am I going to a fucking do something about it and you, and weaponize this, take this suffering, this craziness and turn it into a superpower, or mm-hmm. am I going to just make excuses and continue on this path of bullshit and, and nonsense and covering up who I really am. Cause that shit showed you who you were at that point And you stepped the hell up. That, that's some awesome stuff. I didn't even know that part of the story. Yeah, dude. The, the funny part of that story is I didn't even know what my brand was. I didn't know who I was. I still didn't know. Right. There was a lot of limiting beliefs. There's a lot of, you know, shit, you know, a lot of, I guess you would call it childhood trauma, whatever. Right. And I didn't know what I should name this thing. All I know is I wanted to have a podcast since the first episode of the MF CEO project, uh, Andy Frisella. You know, I love that show. Like, mm-hmm. I, I hope he brings some of that back because I love the entrepreneurship side of it. I loved listening to his story and how he built his business. And I thought like, hey, man, like I could fucking do a podcast. I always wanted to do one. And I had to ask people like, hey, what's the first thing that you think of when you think of me? And this was after I did like a couple rounds of 75 hard. And, you know, people were calling me coach, 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 determined, 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 determined. And I'm like, wow, determined. I just want to wake up in a determined society, determined society where people chase their fucking dreams instead of looking for excuses. Oh yeah. I'm like, that's it. The determined society. So yeah, man, and, I'm glad I got to probably some that of that you. child. You said that, that you really didn't know what your brand was, childhood trauma and all this other stuff. That's the other thing. That's the other, it's the same as the, the Corona is the same with the childhood trauma or such a majority of men that I come across. And I've dealt now with in person, tens of thousands of men across the country, across the world. And there's, that's always the, foundational issue as adults is I call it their daddy issues. And you could call it that. I call it just as overarching daddy issues. That's really just their childhood trauma. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing as the Corona. Eventually at the time comes, you have to say, am I going to use this? Am I going to weaponize this shit that happened or whatever this was and use it for good and you and benefit from it and use it as again, as a superpower weaponize the fuck out of it. Or am I going to use this as an excuse to be a half-assed man? Oh, because this happened to me, this is why I'm, I'm all fucked up or broke or out of shape. Or you could say, because this happened to me, that's why I'm a, I'm a badass motherfucker. That's why I'm doing yeah. this and this and this. And I got, I gained those superpowers from this experience. I almost think that adversity like that is, is almost an advantage. Like if you think, if you look back and you think about it, most successful people, you know, they had some crazy shit happen in their life. They like, you hear the stories all the time. People that came to this country with a dollar 57 in their pocket. And now they're multi-billionaires somehow. That adversity was a, a superpower that they just needed to learn how to weaponize. And it just came to them making the decision to not use it as a fucking excuse and do something about it and turn that suffering into a superpower, that adva- adverse- adversity into an, an advantage. It's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I would imagine in all the projects you do with the, you know, MDK project with Bedros and all your coaching programs um, that you work with entrepreneurs, family men, et cetera. A lot of times they think they need that next coach to help them hit six figures or seven figures. They need that new funnel. They need this new system. They need to automate. They need to automate their DMs. A lot of times, yeah, I mean, they do need that stuff to scale. I I get it. And I need that stuff to scale 100%. No big deal. 
But the biggest thing that holds them back is their bullshit in the past. And if they don't, if they don't hit that head on, they will never fucking move. They have everything inside of them to move forward in their life and to be the successful man or woman that they just, they desire to be. It's about them. You know, I would have to say like a lot of times when you go through those, you know, evolutions, right. For those 48 hours, however long it is like, that's when you see the man come out. And it's looks physical and it seems physical and almost feels physical, but the physical part is the easiest part of it. It's hard as hell. Probably the hardest physical thing. Most of those men are doing in their life, but that is the easiest part. It's the mental, emotional, social, spiritual challenges that they're having. And, and you mentioned Bedros and it's funny. And what you're saying is, is dead on. Like I started, I actually was in Bader's coaching program. It's called the seven figure mastermind. It was yep. for, for fitness business owners. This was like, Oh, probably 10 years ago. And after I was in that program for about a year or two, we did a lot of marketing and sales, like you're saying, but he started shifting. He was way ahead of the time. Like nowadays, all this stuff about mindset and all that stuff. He was, he was started teaching us that stuff. This was almost 10 years ago. And because he saw the problems that people were going through and Realize I can give you the greatest fucking sales funnel in history. I can give you the script to go sell millions of dollars. But if you're fucked up, if your foundation is fucked up, you're just going to build a foundation on shit. It's just like if you don't know how to handle your money when you're broke, you're not going to know how to handle your money when you're rich. So it's the same thing if you're mental, your foundation. So he started going into a lot of deeper, higher level personal development stuff. He kind of shifted it towards personal development. And actually a lot of people weren't ready for that, couldn't comprehend that. They thought, no, no, but I just need this new fucking click funnel. And they would leave and cancel the work with him. And the people who stayed, we fucking blew up because we realized, yeah. holy shit, this was the missing piece. I thought it was a funnel or a script. Like, that shit, you can find most of that kind of shit on the fucking YouTube. Like, yeah. you need to do that work on yourself, that foundational discipline, those daily disciplines that you that you need to have and, and unfucking yourself. And it starts with, a lot of times, that childhood bullshit stories you're telling yourself in your freaking head that are holding you back. You're 30 40 50 years old and you got men still talking about when i was a little boy like holy shit it's time Sad. to get the fuck over that like put on the big boy pants and move on it's like you have to make that decision to do something about it and then use it as a freaking weapon well i think the big part about that too with uh with bk is is the fact that you know he utilized and leveraged his own story and that's what makes him so powerful right uh, you look at him he's a you know, big, strong guy, you know, I've, I've been with him in person. He's, he's massive, right? He's got a, he's got great energy. He's very strong and confident, you know, but a lot of people don't understand. And he talks publicly about it. And, you know, that time where he had his panic attack or anxiety attack, you know, and if he would have died, nobody would have saw him. His, his wife and kids would have came in and found him bloated, right? That scared him. And so he started doing the work on himself, personal development, getting back in shape. And, and, and the thing was like that, propelled him to help you guys because he had that personal experience. Like there's too many people right now that are hopping on this platform and talking about shit that they know nothing about. Like talk about determined, like that's my brand because I've been through a blood clot. I almost died, right? Lost mm -hmm. my scholarship, ended up getting a better scholarship to Louisiana State University, playing the College World Series. Then I blew out my arm. Like I've been through shit, right? I've been through a divorce, got through that, right? Like, as we help people through things and we talk about things, we have to draw on our own personal, personal journey. And I think that's what makes it so powerful. And each one of those things you're, you're mentioning, I was just writing down some notes here as you're saying it, like 
if those things didn't happen, all those things you just said, would you even be where you were today if no. those things didn't happen to you? No. The term of no. society wouldn't exist. You're, no. You wouldn't even know who the, who the fuck you are if those things didn't happen. Like, as horrible as all those things sound, blood clots and divorces and all this stuff, it's like you look back at each one of those, I bet, and you think, thank God that thing happened to me because it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have crafted you into who you are. It wouldn't have forged you into who the hell you are right now. So thank God that happened. And I, I told you that the other just the other day, I had this exact conversation with Bedros on one of our MDK YouTube shows that we were recording. And, and I asked him, I said, would you be the man you were today? Because he also talks openly about being molested as a little boy. Mm -hmm. I said, would you be the man who you are today if that didn't happen to you when you were a little boy? He said, absolutely not. He said he probably would have just been an average guy doing average shit, living unfulfilled, just going through the motions until he dies. If that didn't happen to him, because that's the rest yeah. of his life. That's the way it was. And like, thank God those fucking things happened to you or a determined society wouldn't be here. Like, that, that's freaking awesome. If it and never happened, I probably would have went through LSU and I would have been a badass, would have went in the draft, played Major League Baseball, and I'd be womenizing. How empty is that? How empty is yeah, that? Yeah. Now, now I'm a better man. I'm a better father, a better husband, a better a better coach. A better yeah, the time seems like the end of the world. It seems like the end of the world. Like, holy shit, what am I going to do? Like, people yeah. commit suicide or get suicidal thoughts when shit doesn't go their way or, or bad things happen. Yeah, if they could have the lens to see. I, just, I, just, I told this to a, a client of mine, a, a female. She just had a breakup with someone. It was a, a couple of, only a couple of years of a, a relationship, but thought it was mm -hmm. going to be like marriage and kids. I said, so you're not married yet? You don't have kids yet? You don't have any business together? You weren't even living together yet? Like, Thank God, like this motherfucker Bro. did you a favor. Did That's you a, a favor. clean break, baby? Run, run. Like, think about if if I would have mar gotten married to like when you're younger, you think you're gonna marry every fucking person in, that you meet yeah. like half the time when you're yeah. bouncing around. Imagine if I would have gotten married to someone else, like, and then maybe that girl bre breaks up with you, and the young guy has his heart broken, and he thinks it's the end of the world, and then. Fast forward 10 years, he's married to someone else, has some awesome kids. Like, imagine I did something like that. My kids wouldn't exist. Like, thank God that girl dumped you or, or fucked your best friend. Thank yeah. God that shit yeah. happened five, 10 years ago because that led you to where you are. Your kids wouldn't even exist if that shit didn't happen. So you, if you, and if you look at like that as it's going on, I know it's tough to look at situations like that as they're going on, but if you could get uh, that little bit of discipline to do that and perspective, like you become unstoppable. You become Un, un, unpenetrable bulletproof yeah yeah you know it's funny steve i i look around all the time and and i keep it to myself right um you know sometimes i say something to my wife but not a lot i sit there on the couch and i look around i look at my kids and i just get emotional it's like man these are three amazing children they're well behaved my girls are absolutely gorgeous my son is handsome he can throw the shit out of a baseball he can swing a bat my girls are so talented and in, in, in their just in their knowledge and their very high IQ girls, great at ice skating, gymnast. I mean, like I look at, I'm like, fuck, I'm blessed. Like, also, my biggest blessing could also be my biggest crutch too, you know. And I'm gonna tell you something, man. Being a father is tough. I mean, you know, I this last week, I my daughter got injured. They're playing, you know, football in the house, just shit kids do, mm -hmm. you know, and crack the ceiling fan. A little glass casing surrounding the light bulb and gashed my daughter's arm. Like my six year old, like seven stitches, fillet her shit, bro. And of course, I go through all the things that could have happened, you know, 
It could have hit her jugular. What if it hit her eye? What if yeah. it hit her in the temple? She's dead. We think about all these things that could have happened. And, and, you know, and, and it made me emotional the next day. But then I also think like, what would have happened on the way to school if she didn't cut herself? Mm-hmm. What if, what if an 18 wheeler would have hit us and we were all dead? Yep. That- to your point, if that didn't happen, something worse could have. Always, always could have been worse. There's always someone going through much worse shit than you. Yeah. Your shit's usually not that bad. It's usually not as bad as you think. Like you just did. Look at all the shit you put in your own head, that extra anxiety <laughs> and stress yeah. that you're adding to it and just burying yourself. And, and I know what you mean about it. you. Sometimes you just look at your kids. Like the other day, my kids were, we were playing video games and I'm just watching the way they were talking crap and just joking with each other and having fun. And I stopped in the middle of the game. We were all three of us were playing. And yeah, I'll play video games. We earn our right. We play video games together. After we do all mm-hmm. our other shit, we sit and play video games. So I'm, I'm just one, at one point in the middle of the game, just kind of frozen on my thing. I'm just like staring at them, looking at them. And they're, they think I'm like, something's wrong. They're like, my son's like, what are you staring at? Like challenging me on it. Like, I'm like nothing, man. You guys are just fucking awesome. Like that's yeah. it. Nothing. That's all I'm doing. It was like, just, I know exactly what you're saying. Just, it's just amazing. Like, and then you think like, how did, how did I create those people? And that's what, that's yeah. what makes me come to the, realization i think that personally that the purpose in life is to have kids like what else would be the purpose in life to keep this world going if if it wasn't to to have kids and and then to lead them and grow them as a the way a man should which unfortunately a lot of men aren't doing especially these days you know it's funny because a lot of men use it as um they go back on their past right and this is this has become the theme of the show and, and, and it's okay. Um, but they'll look back on the past. Well, I didn't have a daddy do that for me. My daddy sit, taught me like this. My daddy yelled at me. My daddy cursed at me. My daddy beat me. Well, be like, motherfucker, you're going to break the cycle. Or you're going to keep the shit going. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Right? You have a choice. We have a choice to break the cycle of shit in our kids' lives. Because if we don't, then they're going to have to fucking break it. And it's not fair to them. You and know, they won't break it because they will, they're, they're, it's even reinforced. Every generation it goes down, it's getting hardened and hardened. It's like almost becoming part of their DNA. And I love that term breaking the cycle. I actually do a show with my two kids, just me and the two kids on, on YouTube and a podcast. We, we do, we started together called breaking the cycle. And this is exactly what it is. That's what I'm doing as a, not having any, a positive male role model is breaking the cycle and showing them exactly. And I we have real serious, vulnerable, personal conversations about my childhood, my past shit I've done oh. in my life so that they can learn what not to do and learn how you can still make mistakes and get over it. How you can still uh, overcome adversity and things like that. So I love the term breaking the cycle, breaking the cycle and, and helping them flip the switch. Those are like my two go-tos right there. Man, that's awesome because, you know, I look back, you know, my biological father left my mom when I was like two, two and a half. So I didn't really know him. I had a couple interactions with him when I was five or six, then didn't see him again until I was almost 30 and then wow. never again since. So like the only thing, the biggest, there's, there's two things. There's actually three things that I remember about him. Um, one, pulling up to 7-Eleven and talk about, you know, talking about women in a very sexual way that made me feel uncomfortable at, you know, five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second thing was, is holding me down, popping moles on my nose, you know. Um, Some good memories right there. Those are awesome memories of my biological father. And then the third thing was, I remember sitting there waiting for him to pick me up and never showing up. So as a father now, I carry this, this guilt. Like I just, I get super afraid if I'm like one second late to parent pickup. Like it, 
and I have to remind myself for those of you dads that are listening, like this is a lesson. I am not my father. Mm-hmm. My kids don't have the same experience. And a lot of times I can love too hard and too much and smother because of me trying to make up for what my dad did. And that's a way of me healing. It has nothing to do with my children. So men, we got to be careful of that. And it's something that I'm working on. Oh, that's another awesome point. And yeah, I've been, I've even been through the same thing. There's times where, because since I had such a fucked up childhood and I want to do everything, the exact opposite of what I saw my father do and how that he did things. So I, same thing. You try to go overboard. You spend so much time. You get so connected. Like me and my son, we're just together 24 hours a day. I work from home and they do homeschooling here. So we're always together. And there was a time maybe probably about a year ago and we're, we're always together. We're training. We work out together every single day and all this other stuff. And yeah, I'm still spend time with my daughter and my wife, but there's a came to a point. My wife said, I listen, I know you're trying to be the type of father your father never was, but don't forget about us over here. Like don't go so far overboard that, all right, I need to be obsessed with not being who my father was. So I'm going to be the best father and, and teach this young man how to, how to be a man that no one ever taught me. And I'm going to go overboard on it, but wait a minute. What about us? Don't forget about us over here. So even I had to get, she had to put me in check at one point and say, listen, don't go too overboard. You can't forget about the rest of us also, because you get so obsessed with that. Like I'm going to be nothing like that motherfucker. And you get caught up there in that mix. And sometimes, yeah, you go too far on the end of that, that spectrum. (laughs) Dude, we're the same. (laughs) It's funny. I, um, it's not funny. I feel bad about it. Um, you know, my wife, said to me one time, Hey, listen, I know you love, um, baseball time with Bobby because that's how you relate. That's who you are, you know, but don't forget about the girls ice skating. Like I need you to be more present there, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, well, baby, you, you have lessons at three o'clock. I'm recording a show or I'm working. I have a career still. This isn't my nine to five yet. This isn't my, you know, I have two things I'm doing. I started, you know, defending, getting defensive, Right. That's not what she was saying. She didn't say like, I need you to be there at 3 PM. If you have shit to do what she was saying was be mindful to be involved. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then I helped volunteer for the ice skating show and backstage, all that kind of stuff. We're doing all that stuff. But yeah, man, like, you know, we go off our past experiences in life. And if we were men like we are, and we didn't have a strong male role model early on, we tend to want to overcompensate for that you know, with our male, you know, our son. And then a lot of times we don't know how to relate to the girl, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, and, so, and I and dude, I do a poor job of this emotions for me, like my four-year-old, she doesn't, she's not regulating yet. I mean, she's highly intelligent, but if she's pissed, bro, she's screaming, she's crying and it drives me up a fucking <laughs> and I don't know how to know how to deal with it. My wife's a saint. My wife's better than me, dude. Of you course. Know? Yeah. That's, I think that's, I think that's all part of the game. And I think that's all part of our, our test as men. Like, all right, this is, we, we need to learn how to control our emotions. Those are just daily tests for you and for us to, to deal with. Like, I think daughters do the same thing. I think that's their job is to teach men and fathers that patience and that emotional regulation that we don't even have ourselves. Cause we just want to snap. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What is wrong with you? Why are you yeah. screaming like that? That's what you want to yeah. say. And sometimes you might even say it. We're not perfect, but yeah. I do. <laughs> it, it's it's a daily test for us on on our our patience and being able to regulate our emotions, have that emotional discipline and resiliency. I think that's I think that's almost what everything that happens throughout the day. I tell you, if you look at it like this is a test on me and my patience. I I talk all this shit. I teach it, speak about it, coach it. You you post about it. 
now, all right, how am I actually going to implement it and use it in my daily life? This is my chance to prove that it's not all bullshit. Like those people on the internet that we're talking about that most of them, they'll put a cool little post about gratitude or some shit, but they're the most ungrateful motherfuckers in the world. They don't practice any type of gratitude, but it looked like a cool quote. It looks like it's going to get them some views or whatever else. And they'll post this shit on there, but they're not actually practicing it or adversity or whatever, like taking thing a negative and turning it into a positive in their life they'll crumble when the negative happens they'll make excuses they'll blame other people point the fucking finger but on on a post they'll say another thing this i think daily it's your chance to prove who the fuck you are who you say you are who you claim you are and it's it makes it almost easy it makes it bearable makes it almost fun like a game like all right motherfucking universe wants to test me i'll show you what i got and you're gonna stay cool and calm some of the times not always. Yeah, we're not perfect. You know, it's a great point. Regulation of emotions. Um, that is the toughest thing that I think a human being experiences throughout their life is regulating emotions, right? As a father and a parent, that is the single most and husband. I mean, let's not forget that dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. The regulating of emotions and not reacting to certain things. And I think a lot of times, or I know a lot of times, like a hundred percent of the time when we snap at our kids, like, why the fuck are you acting like that? Like, why are you screaming? That's a reaction. That's not a response. Mm-hmm. Like my wife has mastered the art of responding. Like I-, I cannot believe how much she's grown and what she does with these children. I'm still like a little project, dude. Like <laughs> I, I react way too fucking much. I mean, and, and that's I'm the importance there. of two parents, right? Two yeah. parents in two different roles in the, the masculine and the feminine. It shows mm-hmm. the importance of it. Why uh, I know women want to be strong, independent females and this and that, but it shows you what you need both of those ends of the spectrum. They need to see both of those. And then they need to see both of those things coming together and co-creating yeah. and working together to elevate those kids where it's not just one way or the other. That that's like, that's exactly why the kids need two parents to see both of those parts of it because they need a little bit of you and they need a little bit of her combined yeah. together. It makes them exactly who the fuck they should be. Yeah. I think there's a nice balance that needs to be had even in the masculine, right? Hey, you need to have an iron fist, but you also have some, have some soft gloves as well. Right. Um, you know, what are some of the things that, that you teach men, that are having a hard time regulating emotions. Cause I know there's a lot of men right now listening. It's like, fuck Steve, give me a tip, man. About to lose my shit. Like what here's was the thing? Here's, yeah. Here's the thing. It's, it's almost like in the military in training, men will do things or even just people in general, but I see men do it. And usually when they do flip or they lose it or they lose their patience, it's during a time of, let's call it a time of war, time of chaos where the flight gets delayed or canceled or something goes, you get a car accident or whatever else or you're busy, it's a busy day. They, they abandon their, the basics and fundamentals. Let's say what keeps you regulated was prayer and meditation and journaling and working out and reading, like things that keep you centered. Those are your daily disciplines that help guard you against the bullshit of the world, all that stuff that you're doing because your mind is clear, you're in control of your, your mind. People only do that on the slow days. They do that in, during peacetime. But then if it's a day that they have an event or the day that they have travel or it's an emergency or whatever else. They don't do those things. Oh, I don't have time to do those things today. But really the only reason you're doing that stuff during peacetime is so you have it as a freaking tool during wartime. They abandon it during the time that they actually need it. And so they only have it on the easy days. They never have a use of it on the hard days. So they let things knock them off track instead of just sticking to those basics and fundamentals. Those basics and fundamentals are what win the war. It's just like, 
the military, if we're training every day to shoot and strategy and tactics, and this is how we're going to do this, this is how we're going to enter a room and clear a room, this is how you're going to breathe when you're shooting. But then when the war comes, you just start praying and spraying and charging directly into a room because it's chaos. Oh, I don't have time for those tactics because we're in wartime and the enemy's there and I got to go and attack. And you just go charging into the room and you get fucking shot down. It's the same thing. They abandon the things that got them there, the things that they're working on, and they abandon that they think they don't have time for. They abandon the things that they should be doing. We only practice in peacetime to be prepared in fucking wartime. That's it. So we can use those same tools and weapons in wartime. So if we get to war and abandon those when the car accident happens or the flight gets delayed or whatever else, and we don't do those things that we were doing every single day. The reason why we're doing it is to get the beats down, to get the rhythm down. So it's the same day. It's an awesome fucking day every day. The second you lose that rhythm and that discipline and consistency, now you start losing your shit half the time because your schedule got thrown off and you can't handle it. And you act like a, a fucking big man child. Yeah, like a big bitch. Like, and, and I'm and and I could be that guy, right? And I and I want I want to you know tell the audience this because it's important. You know, times of war can also be just war with yourself, right? You know, times where you just don't want to get up in the morning, you decide not to. Like, here's the thing: I was consistently up at four a.m. in the gym by four thirty-five, and then my schedule allowed me to wake up at six and get in there by eight. I have never been more anxious in my fucking life, <laughs> you know. And it's just like I I sat there and I told myself. Uh, it was last night. I'm like, okay, dude, you got to start getting up at, at 4 a.m. again. Monday through Friday, 4 a.m. Like, that's your jam. Get the first thing done. And what people don't understand is when you do the hard things, it's not about waking up at 4 a.m. and me thinking I'm better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I know a lot of people wake up at 2.45 and get their workout in. It's not about the fact that they are better than you that are listening, that are working out at 9 or 11 a.m. It just works for them. And you guys got to understand that. You know, it's not a one size fits all. Like for me, waking up at 4 a.m. puts me in a mode where I am doing things during the peace time. So that way, when the war comes inside my mm -hmm. mind, I am ready to fight and win and keep with the principles and the disciplines that have made my show so successful, made me successful. So I don't fuck it up. Like that's the thing, guys. That that is the thing. So don't think, you know, my man Steve's talking about war, kicking the door with the enemy and getting shot. Man, that enemy can be you. Hundred percent. Well, that's that's perfect. You just said, like, if you don't have that time for yourself in the morning, and this is for you personally, it doesn't mean that everyone in the world needs to wake up at four a.m. or two forty-five or five or six. Whatever's going to be the optimal for them to give them time to take care of that stuff in their peace time. It's that's perfect. I love that. I don't even call that my peace time. I just call it like the. It's just my my morning routine, morning battle plan, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it is peacetime. It's peacetime getting ready for the war of the day. And if you don't do that every single morning, then yeah, you're going to be thrown off track. You're going to not be prepared for it. You're not going to be battle hardened and ready and prepared. Once that time happens, that once you 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 deal with that peacetime the right way for whatever works for you personally and all your listeners, each of them, whatever works for them personally, not necessarily what, what's working for us to individualize it to them. Once you have that peace time, you're, you're freaking ready for the wars day. You're ready for the universal bitch slaps and kicks to the nuts. You're going you're gonna to take every day at some point. You're going to get that dirt kicked in your face. And then how are you going to freaking respond? And I guarantee if you had that peace time beforehand, you got that workout in also, you're going to be able to handle that much better. And the workout's a huge part of that, like training. That's why I train every day. Like I need yeah. that win Every single day. It's exactly what you're talking about. That's like the peacetime. Then what, 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 what could happen to me? What can go wrong at this point that I can't handle? Exactly. Because, I mean, you're, you're mentally prepared. 
and you're battle tested and you're physically prepared. So you're going to be able to handle certain things that most individuals may not, that may kill them because you're so physically fit and you're so mentally strong. And that's the thing, guys, when we go off of our beaten path, which is our daily routines and disciplines, man, we, all we do is chip away at our self-confidence. That's it. Like you want to be a confident, I'm not a confident person, then do say something and then do it. Like, don't go back on it. You know, yeah, I'm getting my workouts in five days a week, but it's not the same, man. So now I know what I need to do. I need to pivot. And that's all about testing. You, you are allowed to test. You can test your schedule. You can see if certain, certain things work in different time slots, but if you're not getting the same feeling of mental preparedness on a daily, then go back. And then, yeah, just like you said, test it like every, every day and then reevaluate it, reflect it. Then, cause then that doesn't happen enough either. The reflection, literally reflection on a daily basis. I'll have that peace time in the morning and I'll almost very similar, have that same similar type peace time. I have an EON end of night routine and it's reflecting on the day that I just had scoring myself on the day I just had getting prepared for sleep. Yeah. And for regeneration and to be, be better tomorrow than I was today, but reflecting on it and test testing things out. And then on, on weekly on Sundays, I, I, I take an hour every Sunday morning. I usually, when it's nice outside here in Southern California, I sit, I have a little spot outside of right by the, the pool. I sit out there in the, in the, in the sun. It's about an hour long. The first 30 minutes is all reviewing, reflecting and revisiting the previous week. I'm literally going through my checklist from the week, my journaling through the week. What was the scores I gave myself in different areas? What would, what did my schedule look like? in the previous week and reviewing all that, reflecting on that. And then the second half is taking that information and data and preview, previewing and planning and preparing for the upcoming week so I can make it even better. All right, where was my energy off? What was the days that I gave myself a lower score on energy? Like what caused that energy? And what did I write in the journal that day? And how did that coincide with the schedule I had that day? How could I tweak things and rearrange things? I'm constantly rearranging things. Every Sunday, I'm changing something to try and get even better. I don't care how good of a fucking week it was or how much money you made or how much fulfillment you had. It can always be even better or how good of a husband or father you are. You can always be an even better husband and father. So I'm reflecting on that to try and make next week even better. And it goes deep. I'm literally looking, reading through all my journal entries, looking at my schedule from every day, looking at my checklist, things that I accomplished. What were the victories? What's the gratitude I had each day? What did my discipline look like? What kind of confidence did I have on that day? What caused that lower level of confidence. How can I tweak it? Maybe I need to rearrange the schedule and put this thing here and take a break here during the day, a recovery time during the day, constantly tweaking it. Maybe I need to prepare this stuff at this time and whatever it is. I need a, a transition period here between these two blocks of, say, sales calls and coaching calls. It needs to be a, a transition period instead of just straight back to back because then that energy from one bleeds into the next. And that's what I noticed on my journaling entry. So yeah, re going back and then testing, shit testing it. All right, I'm going to try it this week. See how it works. Oh, that didn't work. Guess what? I'm going to be flexible and I'm going to try it again, adapt and overcome. I really like that, see, because, you know, no matter how good you think you are, if you stop learning about yourself and your process, you're cooked. You're done. Oh, yeah. Like if you, if you, didn't, if you didn't do that every single Sunday, you wouldn't have the empire that you have. You wouldn't be doing the cool shit that you're doing. You know, a lot of people look at it and like, oh, yeah, he's doing cool shit. You know, he's working the MDK project. He's got his own coaching programs. Fuck, you're speaking at BK Live in September, right? Like those are things 
that are happening in your life because of the disciplines you have, and you are not afraid to be brutally honest with the person that matters most is your fucking self. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then, like we said, sticking with those daily disciplines through the times when you're killing it and through the times when you're getting just a mud hole stomped in your fucking ass. There was a time two months ago where I, at the same day, so out of coaching clients, there was three coaching clients I had that both needed to put their stuff on hold. That were $3,500 each a month. They all happened at the same day. At the same time, I, I lost this other $10,000 a month deal that I had that was ongoing. In the same day, went down, lost $20,000 a month ongoing, regularly, recurring. Mm-hmm. You know what I did that morning? The same shit I do, did every morning to get to that point. It's not like, oh my God, this happens. Now I'm going to go and get all erratic and start changing shit up. No, I'm going to make do all the things that I'm still doing and continue to get them even better. Like you can't just crumble under the pressure during the low times or the top times. You need to mm-hmm. cut those peaks and valleys. That's really what emotional regulation is. Cutting those peaks and valleys, just like on the months when all that money is there and things are just going your way and you're just getting sh- just shit is all going your way and you get so high. You know what happens? You get fucking complacent. So cutting that peak so you're not getting complacent. Complacency will kill. And then cutting the valleys because down in the valleys, you're going to make irrational decisions. You're not going to control your freaking emotions. You're going to mm-hmm. do stupid shit and say stupid shit and, and make irrational decisions. So cutting those peaks and valleys is like the key to that emotional regula- regulation and emotional discipline. No matter the ups, the downs, sticking to the things you're doing, those daily disciplines. So that's a great point, right? Because when, when things are going great, you still need to do the things that are working for you to have those 50, 70, 80K months, right? I always like to use this analogy, and it's a baseball analogy, so follow me. The, be- the biggest best friend a baseball player can have is a hitting tee. Just sitting on the tee and hitting against a net because that is going to tell you everything you need to know about your swing right? Are you on plane? Is the barrel in the zone as long as possible? What's the trajectory of the baseball? Is it coming off the tee flat and line drives? Great. So what happens with baseball players, Steve? And you may know this, but I'm going to say it anyway for the audience that's not listening, that's listening, that doesn't know shit about baseball, is when things start going really well and you're hitting 400, they abandon the tee. Mm. They walk away from, I'm good. I'm going to go hit on the field. Just want to drop some bombs on this motherfucker. And, that, and, then, and then they they walk away from the shit that got them to the spot that they're at, hitting in the four hole, hitting mm. 400, gap to gap, home run every other, you know, every other day or whatever it is. They walk away from the, the fundamentals that got them there. And then they have too big of a, of, a, of a lull and they're benched. Same thing with what you're talking about. If as entrepreneurs, if, if something's working, I need to stick with it. Something's working for me right now. I just locked down a big sponsorship. I need to keep that same approach. Why would I abandon it? And mm-hmm. why would I be, why would I be seduced? And Ben Newman says this. I always, when I say something, I always like to quote people, right? Because people like to use other people's shit and call it their own. And I don't do that. He always says, don't be seduced by success. Mm. You know, being yeah. seduced by a certain level of success. Like I, I had a $20,000 a week. I'm pissed about it. I mean, I, I'm happy, but also too, like I'm not complacent. I'm thinking the next day that wind's gone. What do I need to do now? Who do I need to contact? How do I get another one? Like right now. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and again, it, that's just, that's to your point, man. Like, you know, always evaluate yourself, stick with the shit that works. I love that shit. Don't, don't evaluate that, that hitting T that's 
freaking perfect. Stick to those basic fundamentals and then even get better even at the hitting tee. Get even better off of practicing with that. Like they used to say Michael Jordan would mm. always get spend hours and hours a week just on inbound passing, like the most boring, least <laughs> important part of the game. And he would spend hours and hours just on his inbound passing from when he's out on, on the sidelines to pass it back into the game just to get the precision down and get precise at it. And it, it's it's crazy. Sticking to the base. Basically, the fundamentals win the war. It's not who's got the best technology or the high ground or the better weapons or the bigger army. It's who can stick to the basics and fundamentals through the chaos consistently over time. Like that's who's going to win the war. And that's, what's going to get you through the ups and downs. You might lose, you're going to lose some battles here and there, but that's what just keeps you driving forward and constantly improving and taking over more territory and getting those bigger wins and those bigger weeks and days. Like you were just talking about, like you have to stick to them and then make them even better Then optimize them, maximize them. Keep doing the shit that got you there. Why would you abandon what works? It's like, on, on some business coaching clients I have, they talk about marketing. They're like, well, what should my marketing budget be for this month? Well, is uh, here it's 8%, 10%, 12. What should it be my marketing budget? Like, well, when your marketing is working, it should be 100%. Like if something's giving you $2 back for every dollar you're putting in, why would you limit it to an 8% marketing budget? Shit, go all in on that shit while it's kicking out. Like if something's working, go fucking all in on it. You're not going to abandon it or even limit it like mm -hmm. attack it on there. So yeah, I love that hitting T analogy. That was perfect. You know, the fundamentals like you talked about with uh, Michael Jordan, it's like fundamentals and paying attention to even the smallest details in your game or your business. That's how goats are created. Greatest of all time. Look mm -hmm. at saving. Everything matters. If a blade of grass is out of order, he knows and he fixes it. Right. And it's a metaphor to the audience, right? It's like, if one small thing, if one guard isn't pulling the right way and his angle is bad, he knows, he knows it needs to be fixed. And everybody in that organization, everybody in that program gives a shit just as much as he does. That's why Alabama football is the way Alabama football is. That's why Michael Jordan was who he was. That's why Kobe was so great because every little thing mattered. Yeah, I don't follow sports as deeply as I used to, just because I, I find that the time I like, I'd rather spend the time immersing myself in other things, but I, mm -hmm. I still follow little bits here and there. I saw some basketball players, exactly what you're talking about. Might've been Curry. He was in the warmups. He was just walking around dribbling. He found like this one microscopic piece of dead spot on the hardwood floor that the way the ball was bouncing and the sound that the ball is making off this one spot, this one panel on the floor, and he had to have it fixed and replaced because it was just off. And he knew that that one little thing mm -hmm. could be the cause. It was, it was fucking nuts. Like that's the level you're yeah. to the ATD. We call it attention to detail. Yep. Like that's the next level of precision that makes those greatest of all times. And that's the thing. It's the thing, whether you follow sports as much as you used to, you're an entrepreneur, every little thing in your business matters. Right. Mm -hmm. And for those listening, every, little thing in your day matters. It's connected. Like you can't be lazy in one area and think that you're going to be great in the other. It's going to bleed through, right? Period. End of story. Let me ask you a question before we land the plane and, you know, um, we get to the weekend with our beautiful families. Um, if someone were to come up to you right now that had no discipline in their life and they were just somebody that has their hand in a bag of Doritos every day and they want to get in better shape, they want to be a better man, better husband. What are three things that you would tell them? right now they're listening on the air that that they could take with them to start moving forward the the first i'll say is think of 
if I'm assuming, I'm going to say they have kids. I think a, a majority of your, your listeners probably are, are men and fathers. Yeah. yeah. So look at your son because I could say, yeah, go work out. They already know they should fucking work out. Like, mm-hmm. look, go look at your son. Do you think when your son looks at you sitting on that couch with those bitch tits and that gut, do you think he's looking at you like, wow, that's my dad. Like, I want to be just like my dad when I'm older. I want to look just like that. Like that is what a man is. He's not. And that's fucking just should sting and it should sting a little bit, but he's not looking at you like that. Just knowing that alone. Like if that's not enough to get your fucking fat ass off the couch and get moving and start building this discipline, and all these different habits and things we're talking about, like that alone should, should be what, what does it? Because I was at a, my daughter's birthday party like last year and I was with the, my wife was setting up and I was there with all the mothers are there and all their daughters are there. And one of the, I, I'm the one has to like, I'm starting conversation with them just before the party starts. I don't know how I yeah. know that job. That's not my fucking area of expertise, but whatever. <laughs> so I'm talking about the project. What else do I have to talk about? I'm talking about mm-hmm. the MDK project. And one of them's like, Oh yeah, I, I saw that. I saw the, the YouTube video popped up at our house. Oh my God, that looked crazy. It looked really intense. And then another woman cuts her off says, Oh yeah. If, if that was my husband, he would quit in like the first minute of that thing. He would, and all these women, like 13 women and their daughters are all there, all start laughing at what this woman's saying about her husband. So the next- Was he there? It's fucking like heartbreaking when you hear that. Like, like imagine your, your wife and daughter with all their friends laughing about you. That not only that you're fat, out of shape and not manly, but just that already knowing that you would quit, that they just see you as a quitter. So- that would be the next step is now to look at, take that over to your wife, your son. Does your son want, are you the type of man your son wants to become? All right. That's one, that should be enough already. But now look at your wife. Are you the type of man that she's respecting and feels safe around? Like she, and a majority of the time there is not respect and safety and security going on there. Especially if it's that fat dude you're talking about sitting on the, the couch and where, where does he go from there? is start with these daily disciplines that we're talking about the, mm. the bare bones, the foundation. Yes. He knows he needs to work out every day. So we don't even need to say that, but not just work out, do hard shit. He needs to do hard shit every freaking day because that adversity, he's probably just missing that adversity. He doesn't even know who the hell he is. Just like you said, but yourself before you didn't have that really identity or what was the direction you were going in. He needs to do hard shit every day. Even if it starts on a small level, he needs something to get excited about every day, something to challenge himself every day, something that lights a fire up under his ass every day. And then also think about, yeah, he needs to get his own shit together, get his own house in order. So he becomes the type of man his son wants to become, the type of man his daughter wants to marry, the type of man his wife is going to respect and feel safe around. And the first step is to just make a plan every day in the morning, own that morning, take that peace time in the morning and, and, and take it from there. And then there's all the other basic stuff about sleep and hydration and all that basics that we're going to assume here, you know, here, everyone knows they should be sleeping and staying hydrated, eating healthy and working out. All that's obvious, but he needs to do hard shit. He needs to first take a deep reflection of what, how his son views him and how his wife views him and be brutally honest with that shit. And once that happens, it's, if that's not enough to light the fire under your ass, I don't, I don't know what is. And then from there, just start doing something hard and challenging every fucking day. Push yourself, pressure yourself. And probably I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to assume he's not a full fledged loser like that. He's probably, 
probably has a, a job. He's not like there's a disclaimer. You're not completely fucked up. Yeah, he's You're not just like bad. unemployed. He's probably working, but he's probably overworking. So the next yeah. step in that is probably I don't want to say work life balance, but I've seen the majority of men have work life imbalance where yeah. they where they yeah. should be replacing it with work life symmetry, work life domination, work life freaking happiness. So probably mm. he needs to figure that whole situation out because he's probably bringing the energy and anxiety of work and money and that stress into the house. And who the fuck wants to be around that? When you're walking through the door, you just been to battle that that soldier that's been to war comes through the door. They need to shed that armor mm. and go back to being the husband, the dad, the fucking human. Like that's probably the, the first few ways. And it's probably unconventional ways of thinking about it, but that's what we've got to do is take it back to the foundation, take it back to the beginning, those <sighs> daily disciplines and that, and that foundation. I, I think, dude, I, I think you hit it spot on. I absolutely love it. In fact, you've you've got me so fucking fired up. I don't even think I need pre-workout. I'm going <laughs> to head to the gym after this. Um, but but really, I think, you know, two men, I want you to listen to this because it's very, very easy to look at your son or look at your daughter. Am I the type of mom or the type of father that my kids look up to? You know, kids look up to Spider-Man. They look up to Thor. They look up to Superman. Um, they look up to all these superheroes. Captain America, uh, by the way, they're fucking jacked. Okay? Like... You know, are you walking along the beach and is my, is your son or daughter be like, yeah, that's my dad, you know, for the majority of men, probably not. Right. But here's what I want you to really, really think about. It's easy to do what Steve just said. It's easy to identify that. What's not easy is to stick to it when you lose motivation. And I want to be very, I want to, you know, leave a cautionary tale, Steve, about motivation. I think motivation is fucking bullshit. Okay, it's a fleeting emotion that goes away as soon as your dog pukes on the fucking rug or one of your kids gets sick or you wake up and your ankle might be a little twisted because you're not used to running and put all that pressure on your joints. It doesn't mean lay off. It means stay disciplined, you know, and with that, dude, I want to encourage people and I'm going to put all your links in, in the show notes, but I want you to tell the audience where they can find you so they can work with you. Because I think my audience, man, I know my audience can really use a conversation with you, can really benefit from some of your programs that you have. And I want them to take full advantage of that. Yeah, there's so many different things out there. It's, they could always find the people who want to find someone that they, they'll find me. They don't, I don't even need to say links or pages that, that, that stuff doesn't even matter. That's not what this is about. If they can just take some of the things that you and I are talking about here today and implement just one or two of the things that they're struggling with, that's how they could find me by bringing that energy of men, of men and manliness back into the world. And if we're meant to run into each other, we will run into each other. And, and if someone really wants to, they'll, they'll put in that work on how to find someone. So that, that's, that's all there is on that. It's, it isn't even about that. It's about them just getting their shit together, getting their own house in order and, and mm. being that type of man that should be leading their family. And then even when they are in that solid spot, constantly getting even better, even better, even better, because their, their, your wife is looking for a leader, a man, not a second son, not a child. Oh, dude. That's another show like that. That right there is a mic drop, like straight up women. You're, I mean, men, you're women, your wives are tolerating what they have mm -hmm. tolerating it because they made a commitment before God to be your wife for better or for worse. So why don't you just give them the better, right? Don't let her settle for the worse. She deserves more. 
All right, guys, listen, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, if it's your first time listening, hit subscribe, leave a review. We want to hear it, share it on your socials. And uh, Steve, man, thank you endlessly for hanging out with me on an early Saturday morning out in California. It was an amazing conversation. And uh, don't forget to hang out a little bit after you know we stop recording. But I, I just really appreciate you, brother. Awesome stuff, brother. Always good talking to you. All right, my man, be good. Peace, guys.